Welcome, fellow bastards, to Bastards Backstage. This is where we find out a little bit more about our favorite bastard. Today's bastard is Casey Box. He is the uh, head person. He is the um, the the main host of uh, Evening at the Movies, along with Amanda, if I remember right. Yes. It it is a really good show. I recommend you guys check checking it out. Casey is on the. Uh, I about to say horror, horror characters. It's not. It is Halloween characters uh, one and two that we're doing this year. Uh, the reason I'm laughing at that about that is that I, I've I've stated multiple times and I've actually told people is like I really don't care how you vote, but just to let you know, it is Halloween characters and not horror characters. I'm like, oh yeah, type thing. Anyway, how you doing today, there, sir? I am awesome. It, I had an incredibly busy day yesterday. I spent eight hours literally from start to finish from the time we did yesterday's episode of bracket bastards till we wrapped on i was on masturbators at the end of the night and we went from 11 o'clock my time yesterday morning till about 10 minutes to eight last night so it was a long day it's about 10 hour day right there it just goes to show you how much i love doing the podcasting and how much I love being on other people's shows and it was fun but at the same time when it was over I was completely exhausted well this is actually the second time that we've had you on bracket bastards the first time you stepped in for Amanda she went she had to go uh mattress shopping and had to step out a little bit sooner but that was our only 128 bracket that we do every once in a while and um that it's not officially canon as far as as far as the show goes. It was just a kind of an extra type thing. So this is the first official time that you've been on. So we are very very welcome to have you and very appreciated to have you I from such a good show too. So I've been on the show yesterday, and I look forward to being back on again. Hopefully for several more episodes to come. Well, you're definitely on the one next week. Uh, yes. For the second part of it, we're doing the guys this time, not so. Uh, whoever wins that will be facing the winner of this previous show. Uh, check that one out to uh, figure out who won that one. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. And uh, what this is uh, is a basic question to answer type interview thing where we we get to know you a little bit more. Your fans get to know you a little bit more because uh, a lot of times with the the uh, stuff that we choose and the way that we choose it, I, I choose my stuff kind of at at random, just depending on what's going on. But you have a, you and a lot of people have a lot uh, different backgrounds, so this might actually get to let people know the reason why you chose what you chose in the sh- in the show, or will choose in the future. And so, uh, future listeners can hopefully be listening for his voice later on. Anyway. The first one we start out on, as always, is how many square feet of pizza do you think you eat in a year? Oh, God. The safe answer would be way too fucking much. I'm going to go ahead and go with 15, only because it, yeah, I try and eat a lot healthier after having some health issues over the last few years, and it's not as much as it used to be in the past, but... It's still, I eat way too much fucking pizza. Do you have a favorite topping or a certain place you like to go? We have a locally owned uh, pizzeria in town here. 
called Casamia. Their homemade stuff is amazing. But generally, for the most part, when it comes to pizza, I'm a pepperoni sausage and extra cheese kind of guy. No pineapple. Yeah, I was about to ask because it kind of looks like in uh, in your background there, there's a pineapple hanging up on the wall. But get, get mm. yeah, fucking reverse camera like, angle. It's like that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll worry about that, but I wasn't for certain. See, I'm yeah, no. uh, I'm more of a more of a like a tostino pizza rolls kind of guy. Like that. That's me. So what? So when when being asked this question myself, I'm sitting there going, "It's like I don't really know how to equate how much a pizza roll is in like square footage type thing." But that's just me. But I those take me back to like as a kid for me, which in the '90s with like my N64 gallon or so of Mountain Dew, jacked up all night, jacked up a Mountain Dew um, all night, stuff like that, listening to music. Which I remember does, being a kid in the 90s sitting up all night playing Mario Kart or GoldenEye or whatever the case may be on the 64 and yes, gallons and gallons of Mountain Dew and a lot of while you're trying to play the game. Didn't even need the rumble pack. It was just it was just there. No. Yeah, that no. rumble pack it was, was just there. Something. Speaking of the 90s though, uh, what is your favorite 90s jam? So, okay, as far as like music type stuff goes, most of my listeners are going to know that I grew up in a town in Western Washington called Aberdeen, which for people who know 90s music know that Aberdeen, not only is it the birthplace of former world champion and professional wrestling icon Brian Danielson. It is mm-hmm. also the birthplace of Kurt Cobain and Chris Novoselic, which for those people who don't know, they are the founding members of the grunge rock band Nirvana. So most of my late junior high and high school years leading up to the untimely We'll just go with suicide for politically correctness. But the suicide of Kurt Cobain was a lot of Nirvana. A lot of Nirvana. And then, yeah, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and things of that. Washington has a very good music scene. Maybe not as good as other places in the country, but we've had some iconic bands and musicians come out of Washington. Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Jimi Hendrix, Heart things of that nature so you know you can live in this state and be very have very eclectic music tastes but yeah growing up my jam was nirvana well that was back in the 90s uh what are you jamming out to now i as i've grown into my um as my screen name says no longer salty just properly seasoned mature (laughs) age i'm more classic rock and 80s rock. I had parents that grew up in the 60s and 70s. Obviously, we're young adults in the 80s as well. A lot of that stuff was what was being played on the radio and being played on the record player and tape decks and CD players and all that. But yeah, uh, I preached it. When everybody asked me what kind of music person I am, I, as long as it's not like opera, I will give anything a chance 
and listen to it. It's music is music, and as long as it can connect with me emotionally on some level, other than just yeah, whatever, I'll give it a chance, and it'll more than likely. I mean, my Spotify list on my phone is literally like forty-eight, fifty-two something hours long. Yeah, and it's got everything from hip hop to R and B to rock to probably not as much pop, but there's some pop in there. You know, it just it's it's all stuff that connected with me on some level. So, friend of mine uh, once told me because I'm the same way. I have my Spotify list is uh, very very long. Uh, I she told me like my music goes anywhere from Disney to death metal. Yes, I'm like that is probably the uh, the the best thing I could say to about mine. It goes from Disney to death metal. I'm a huge fan of Disney songs. There's a couple death metal songs that I'm I'm a huge fan of too. So it does it it, it ranges that one. Also. A lover of movies, uh, big time. You you have a podcast called Evening at the Movies. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So, an Evening at the Movies is it's gotten a little bit more complex over the last few months, but ultimately, when I launched the show almost two years ago, uh, the idea was is individual episodes that are focused on one specific movie. We picked the movie out. Um, I've done episodes where it was just me talking about the movie. Not gonna lie, I'm not a fan of those episodes. Those it's very hard to do an episode of a podcast where you're the one doing all the talking and you have nobody else to banter back and forth with. Mm-hmm. You've hosted this show for a while now. You, I'm sure, you know exactly how difficult that can be. Well, on on here we started with three people. And it was a very short show. You don't, you, you can't spin off on other things when you're just talking, talking to like two or three people. So the conversation doesn't really last that long. That's why yeah. we went up to went up to five, and then eventually went up to seven because f- five is enough to do it and have a good conversation. Uh, we went up to seven. We were worried about seven because we weren't sure if we can control it or not. Since we went to Streamyard, we had the ability to control the conversation a little bit more, and the more that we did it, so. Yeah, yeah, more people does actually help help the conversation. So, yeah, and like I noticed rather quickly. I mean, it was probably two episodes, my probably like my second or third solo episode that I did. I looked at the running time compared to, okay, like my first two episodes were, um, I had the guy who helped me get started on doing an evening at the movies, Tim Arnold from. The Overlook, a Stephen King podcast. He came on and we discussed The Crow for, God, a better part of probably two and a half hours. A lot of that got cut out and we narrowed it down to like an hour and 45 minutes, which mm-hmm. I feel like is a good, solid window for doing what we do. Amanda came on and did the second episode, which was Stand By Me. Again, she and I go back and forth and can just ramble for hours again it went probably two and a half three hours and i had to cut portions of it out but yeah when you get in that hour and a half to hour and 45 minute window and then all of a sudden you're doing one by yourself and you think you've got plenty of content and then you go through everything and 
you look down at the running time and it's 25 minutes. It's like, yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, no, we deep dive into we the week's movie and we talk about facts about the movie and fun facts and favorite quotes and recently we started doing a 90 second beat the clock challenge where we task Amanda with explaining the entire plot of the movie in less than 90 seconds which she has not failed yet came close well, yesterday she, on, on Halloween she's a, she's a fast talker though too so oh yeah no she got a she's lot of, she got a lot more stuff in on yesterday's episode on Halloween ends than I thought she was going to get in and she still had like 35 seconds to go and we also really quick just started doing the uh, bracket type stuff where occasionally from time to time after getting inspired by you know this bracket bastards and masturbators occasionally we're going to do our own brackets so anybody who's interested in listening can find us on social media and whenever we decide to do those you can get involved and help us deep dive into that bracket's subject matter. Absolutely love the entire bracket thing too cuz that, that's what that's what we do on our show. Uh I've had a couple of people that have been on our show in the past love it and start doing on their show as well, but they have they deal with a completely different subject matter. Uh so they can deep dive on their subject matter and different different bracket formations and have like a little little five minute conversation between these two type things and you don't have to, you don't have an entire episode dedicated to to just that and yeah. it's yeah they're like little mini bites of of things but it's actually kind of cool so but I'm a huge fan of that but uh your your podcast bring, brings us to my next question though which is um being a podcaster yes you are well well versed in being or having to deal with creative solutions so i'm going to i'm going to ask you a creative question okay how do you describe the color yellow to a blind man the easiest way for me to the first thing that popped into my head would be the brightness of the entire world but then you add in the explaining it to a blind man the blind man's not necessarily going to fully comprehend mm-hmm. what brightness is god that's hard um not your typical interview question no it's not and <laughs> again this this is one of those questions that you warned me about yesterday yep and this is the one that uh chancy absolutely hates because he hates the color yellow <laughs> yeah he does we actually <laughs> i think it came up yesterday on yesterday's episode and he almost had a little mini meltdown yep So, yeah, but, he pushed mute on the on the mic though, so for us. So. God, the color yellow to a blind man. Yellow is a comfortable, warm color. It's not too hot, it's not too cold, but it's right in the middle of pure comfort. So, yellow is probably the very definition of comfort as far as colors go in my mind. Right. One of my favorite answers that somebody else gave was like not not on the show but uh, I was having a conversation at work and said that um the color yellow is like peeing your pants. It's yeah. a feeling of warm it's a 
the feeling of warmth that you get. And I'm like, all right, that's, <laughs> that, that, that works great. Kind of sort of where I was going with my answer, a little bit more off color than I was going for, but. Nope, no I pun intended. Totally <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. But no, I totally can see that answer being a valid and reasonable definition of what the color yellow is. We're going to stick with the uh, color line in this situation. And I'm going to ask you this one. You are a new crayon in a new box. What color are you and why? Oh, again, tough. Um, I would probably go with, and when I say this, I don't say it to potentially creep out anybody listening, but um, for those people that know me, they know I am an incredibly huge horror fan horror movie horror books or everything comics graphic novels whatever i love it all and because of that love for that particular genre i'm going to go with blood red kind of a dark crimson yeah not quite in that yeah you've got the crimson but a little bit darker than traditional crimson but yeah definitely probably so blood you, red. so you have that but then kind of have to go with the graphic novels and the comic books because those those aren't really a crimson type color it's more of a more of a red more of a pop in your face red type thing which is the reason i my ask because because uh having a blood red color is there's multiple shades on that oh yeah multiple different different versions of it so i don't know how many times i've opened a box of crayons or a package of markers or whatever and you'll literally sit there and there's like eight different depending upon the mm-hmm. size of the package like eight different versions of the color red alone and again blue and the other colors not as much but like blue and red seem to be like the ones that have like eight to twelve different shades and can be kind of mind-blowing to think that there's that many different hues of those colors the uh i was having a conversation with a guy about the this this question and he goes you know how many colors that that creole actually has not like official colors 256 you can have a box of colors like their their ultimate box is 256 crayons fun fact when i started kindergarten and my mom got the required bring to school list of all the school supplies you had to get 16 boxes 16 colors color crayons that's what it was when i was a kid yeah so we we had eight but i guess that uh, i must have lived in like a different school system that like a i don't know poverty school system so yeah it was like 16 or smaller was all you could get oh okay okay there was no 32 there was no 64 there was no 128 no 256 or whatever yeah nope. you you had maybe one or two shades of red one or two shades of blue a green a yellow an orange a black a white and that's it so what? shout out to the old heads yeah what is the funniest thing to happen to you recently that so, you can legally talk about oh well that totally changes the answer that I was going to give. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the fact that, okay, for 
the people that are incredibly close in my life, um, my family, my mom, my brother, both my nephews, um, even Amanda, they all know I am competitive and I hate to lose. It really, really, really frustrates me. So I've had a string of times on an evening at the movies in the sip list where um, I've lost trivia challenges to Amanda. And then we both have a mutual friend, Chris, and I lost a trivia challenge to him. And, okay, another really quick, brief backstory for me here is, again, grew up in Washington. I'm a sports fan, big time. Love the Seahawks, love the Mariners. Grew up loving the Seattle Supersonics. Amanda and Chris live in Texas and Oklahoma. The Sonics were bought and moved to Oklahoma, oh God, 14 years ago, something like that. Yep. The stipulation for me if I lost this trivia challenge was I went last month on vacation and went and visited Amanda and Chris and our other friend, Jen. And if I lost the challenge, I had to go to Chris and his wife's anniversary party wearing an Oklahoma City Thunder shirt. That was incredibly a a very painful day for me because the Thunder used to be the Sonics. And up until recently, when I decided to let go of my bitterness because it's just not worth it anymore, I've been incredibly bitter about it. So that's kind of sort of a little funny instance of something that happened to me semi-recently well your family and friends was a big part of your your last answer yes and they're going to be a little bit they're going to be a big part of your your next answer which is um polling your family and friends what would they say that you are most known for wow because almost every part of the equation you're going to get a different answer from anybody you could ask um My mom would tell you that I'm incredibly caring, almost to a fault where it's gotten me in trouble before. Not necessarily legal trouble, but it is what it is. And I've gotten hurt over the fact that I'm such a caring person. My brother will tell you I'm the world's biggest dumbass, but that's sibling rivalry back and forth. And brothers tend to bust each other's balls like there's no tomorrow. My nephews both would probably tell you I'm fun Uncle Casey. I let them get away with whatever they want. Spoil them rotten. They can do no wrong in my eyes. But that's part of the joy of being their uncle is I don't have to deal with the ramifications of sugar highs and spoiled rotten fits. They get spoiled and start getting to be too much. I can send them home to their mom and dad. Amanda would... I'll lump Amanda in there just because over the last couple years, we've become unofficially brother and sister. She would probably tell you I'm an incredibly genuine, good person to be around and also an ass at times and that he needs to fuck off more. Yeah, I, I can definitely see her, her saying that. She's she's a very open She's she's a very open book. Um, yeah, she there's no there's no filter in her mouth for if it no. goes in her brain, it's coming out her mouth. Yep, we've we've 
there's there's been a whole bunch of drops from hers in the show if she's listening to this episode eventually down the road um love you plobster but you have no filter and you don't <laughs> stop yourself from saying the shit so hey if it needs to be said it needs to be said dude like sometimes it does need to be said and that would probably be one of my biggest faults is the fact that I can tend to hold back and not say the things that need to be said when they need to be said and that's probably the other portion of my life that tends to get me in the most trouble as well Movies are the straw that stir the drink. An Evening at the Movies is that podcast that pays tribute to all things cinematic. So come in and grab your stale popcorn, pour yourself a watered-down soda, and join Casey and Amanda, as well as their plethora of friends, as they share their love for that amazing cinematic experience. Share love, laughs, and tears. This is... An evening at the movies. If you like this podcast, please show us some love and give us a like, a share, and add a subscribe while you're there. After all, it's free and it helps us to spread this bastardly fun. Well, one question on uh, on our list that she didn't have a problem with at all because she's been on the show before Ooh. is uh what is what is one question that you will never answer in public we are looking for the question but not the answer to the question because again this is public mm, question not the answer okay so the question and i'm just going to leave it specifically at the question and whoever is listening can interpret it to mean whatever they want it to mean because it's pretty cut forward straight and dry or cut it it's simple does your brain engage before things come out of your mouth (laughs) oh i've been asked that multiple times Uh (laughs) um Yeah. All right, that 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 question has a tendency to, it could, it didn't this time, but it it has a tendency to bring the conversation down a little bit. This can be a, a roller coaster ride, at, of a of a conversation. Yeah, I but, haven't listened to Amanda's episode yet. She sent me the link <laughs> before I logged in, and um, I messaged her. I'm like, no, I'll listen to it afterwards because I want to come into the episode not knowing what to expect that way like we said i have honest real answers and so like oh no that's fine no big deal um i'm kind of curious to know what the hell she said well i remember but i'm not gonna let you know um anyway again that uh that question that question of a question uh has a tendency to uh bring the conversation down a little bit so i'm gonna try to bring it up again to a little bit higher level and ask you this one a penguin waddles through your doorway wearing a sombrero what does he say and why is he there waddles through my doorway wearing a sombrero Mm -hmm. what does he say and why is he there 
Um, these are good questions. Um, Thank you. What does he say? I'll leave what he says to be fairly simplistic. And we'll leave it at just straight up hola. And the reason he's there is he's here for the party. There you go. Tequila and tacos, man. Yes. All right. Taco Tuesdays, uh, not of... just the Tuesdays. Oh, no. Although I, we do have tacos here every Tuesday just because we like to celebrate. A lot Absolutely. of people do the entire um, two truths and a lie. I'm not a fan of that. I, I personally think it's not really as creative as it could be. So we change it up a little bit here. How about two lies and a truth? First up would be I'm very open to change. I'm a content person. Oh. Say it's a lot harder to. It is a lot harder because <laughs> you're trying to factor in how you, you get the idea in your head, and then it's like you want to make sure you word it correctly. And well, it's that, and people's been doing uh, two truths and a lie for such a long time that they have it. Oh, they, yeah. they have the thought process in their head, so they have to, they have to think of it backwards. And yeah, exactly. Um, I love being outdoors. Uh, if you could pick any character from any type of media to be meaning uh, books movies tv uh anything there to be who would you choose and why huh i pro- i would probably pick i'm gonna go straight up with a character from one of my three favorite movies and that movie is The Green Mile. And the character I'm referencing would be um, Tom Hanks' character, who has a level of authority to him, but at the same time is very open and caring and emotional and sympathetic and all of that he melds a lot of incredible characteristics together into one incredible character and if i could be any one character that would probably be the most ideal in my mind how would you spend one million dollars on yourself (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna give the politically correct I donate $50,000 to this organization or that organization. This is podcasting and it's fun and I'm going to be selfish. And I've never owned a brand new car in my entire life. I literally would like to own a fresh off the market car or fresh off the assembly line car. The line. Yeah. I would probably buy myself a reasonably priced um, house. I don't need to be, you know, have some $40 million mansion, estate, compound, like a lot of 
your big, huge celebrities have. Just something that I can have, my family can come to and feel welcome at. I can have my book library. I can have my DVD library. I can have everything that I need. I can set up a podcast recording studio and live the remainder of my days being comfortable. So um, other than that, because of my caring nature, I probably would spend a decent portion of it on my friends, friends and family as well. Who was your celebrity crush as a teenager? Yeah, I can't lie on this. If I even remotely lie on this one, I'm going to get an angry text message from Amanda as soon as she listens. And I know she's going to listen. So I'm not going to lie. I grew up in the 80s. One of my all-time favorite movies is The Karate Kid. And to me, Elizabeth Shue was probably the first celebrity that I ever thought, yeah, that's going to be my wife. Speaking of wives, if you could join any fictional family, that means join and not replace somebody, who would it be? This one actually is almost as easy as the last question. Um, For most people, and this came up yesterday on Bracket Bastards as well, um, but I'm not giving away any more spoilers than that. Um, (laughs) I am a huge, 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 huge number one fan, Stephen King fan. Yep. Um, So if I could join any family... It would be Stephen, Tabitha, Owen, and Joe Hill. I think they're incredibly talented writers, and I think personality-wise, from what I've seen in the public eye, I just see, it feels like I would fit into their world really well. Uh, we jumped into the past a little bit on on that one. On those last couples. So we're going to jump in the future on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about goals. What are things that you would like to accomplish in the next year, five years, and ten year periods? What would you like to do? So the way I, I've i got pretty much um, one answer for each one of those three time frames. Um the next year, I would love to see um, an evening at the movies continue to grow and develop an even better fan base and listenership than what it has right now. And I'm not putting down what we have right now, but you always want better for your creative mm-hmm. baby than what it has. So definitely. I would love to see and I plan on working my butt off to help foster the show as a whole. Um, Five years, plain and simply, I've been dancing around this dream for the better part of my entire adult life, but um, I've been working probably the last five years on writing my first novel and 
I think inside of that five-year window is definitely a time that if I work at it right, five years would be a good time frame to attempt to start to get it finished and published so that, you know, hopefully I can live that dream that I've had for a long time out. Well, 10 years, plain and simply, I've learned, especially in the last probably 10, 15 years, that you can't necessarily rush through certain aspects of life, but at the same time, you need to grab a hold of everything and live life for now. But at the same time, I want to be able to settle down and find somebody to be happy with and enjoy the last handful of decades that I have left on this earth. So, so yeah, podcast, book, and happily ever after. Well, there you go, ladies. He's single. Um, just Very go ahead and throw, and uh, throw that one out there. Well, you as a podcaster, you have to deal with words. There's a lot of words you can say, a lot of words you, you really shouldn't say, but we do anyway. So I'm going to ask you this one. What is your favorite word? There's the politically correct answer and the not politically correct answer. And I believe I'm going to opt to go with the anti-politically correct answer. And my favorite word is fuck. There you go. It uh, is I'm actually the most. It has so many different meanings and can be used in so many different expressive ways that fuck is just an amazing word. It is. I agree. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really glad you, you said it on, on this one because the next one is, uh, well, actually, I'll skip the next one. The third one is supposed to be your, what is your favorite swear word? And I don't consider fuck a swear word. As much as it comes out of my mouth, it's not really a swear word. Exactly. But uh, let's go back to the second one. What is your least favorite word? Can't. I hate, I hate. I hate that word because if you're willing to say I can't do something, that means you're not willing to try. And to me, uh, this is going to sound all rah-rah, win one for the Gipper and all that. But to me, I was raised to believe that as long as you try something, you're not failing. You may not succeed, but... It just means that you have to approach it from a different angle and try again. So by saying I can't do something, that means you're giving up and you're not willing to try. And we all should continue to keep trying because once you quit trying, what really are you living your life for? I'm sure. All right. The favorite one of this of this question is what is your favorite swear word? I'm going to, it's been brought up a couple of times on an evening at the movies, but I'm officially going to label it as my favorite swear word now because it's a word that um, Amanda and Chris and Jen and I came up with. I don't think, well, 
I believe Jen came up with it, but it's become a part of our all four of our vocabularies. But it is horseshit, but fuckery. Again, kind of like fuck. It can be expressive. It can be used as an exclamation. It can be used as a noun. You know, we've you more often than not we use it as we're pissed off at something and we're like that's some horseshit butt fuckery. So that would be I my like favorite. Alright. What about your favorite sound? Do you have a favorite sound? Or multiple favorite sounds? Both of my nephews laughing. Waves crashing on the beach. I live Good twenty minutes I live I live twenty minutes away from the Pacific Ocean and definitely being at the beach is one of my zen places to just go and be able to disappear into the atmosphere. Do you have a least favorite sound? Absolutely. And it's going to be the answer I'm sure lots of people in today's society would say, but fingernails on the chalkboard. That is true. I don't think I've I've had it on the show yet, though. So, well, then I'm glad to be the first. But you know that sound. I don't even have to hear it. Just the thought of it in the back of my head, you know, shivers up and down my back. No, thank you. Huh. Who or what in this world inspires you? I'm going to give an answer for both for who and what. As for what, the idea of creativity is incredibly inspiring to me. Um, I've been asked before by numerous people, and this isn't the inappropriate version of the question. It's the what turns you on, and creativity is a huge... If somebody can be creative in any way, shape, or form, it is probably the easiest way to grab my attention, so... Creativity is probably the biggest thing that gets me up and going every day because knowing that I get to do something creative in some aspect of my life every day makes getting up in the morning that much easier. Um, As for who, I've got probably five people that I will say inspire me and one the the three as far as like my youth go would be um, three of my English teachers from high school that Mm -hmm. I was not I was a horrible student growing up I literally I, I was in the bottom half of my graduating class and barely even got to walk through graduation because I was that bad but um Doc Carter, Mr. Bennett, and Mr. McKay, all three of them are the reasons that I love creativity, I love writing, and none of the three of them ever once gave up on me. They always were there with a kind word and a motivating kick in the butt, you know, always telling me, you can do it, whatever you want to do, you can do it, just Find what you what your purpose is and go get it. So that would be those three. Um, 
The other two were kind of a recent inspiration, and um, the first one is Tim Arnold from the Overlook podcast. Um, he's the reason I'm in the podcasting world, and without him, I wouldn't be doing an evening at the movies. I wouldn't be guest hosting or guesting on sip list or co-hosting or however you want to decide i wouldn't be you know guesting on bracket masters i wouldn't be guesting on masturbators and all that um he is probably the biggest reason why there is an evening at the movies so there's them and then fuck it we're just gonna go with the schmaltzy and I'm going to kiss my co-host's ass for a hot minute, but (laughs) Amanda has been there with me over the last year and a half through thick and thin, and she's helped develop an evening at the movies. She's been with me through some of my worst depressing moments. I've been with her through some of her darkest stuff, and she never once has wavered at all in our friendship, and the way she is with me, she inspires me to want to be that level of friend each and every day, and I am honored to call her my best friend, and as we officially call ourselves, platonic lobsters or clobsters <laughs> so that would be a complete reference to the TV show friends because of the yep. whole idea that lobsters mate for life we can't officially say we mate for life because she's married no. but and Casey does not go down like that but we can officially say platonic lobsters and then we just combine the two into plobsters so she is the best, and I would not be where I'm at today without her. So, she is a true inspiration. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and call out uh, Amanda right now, too. Um, or at least about her. I'm pretty sure uh, two shows, two episodes that, I, that I've been on personally now is going to be two episodes that have made her cry. Because I'm pretty sure this is going to make her cry, too. Probably. I made her cry yesterday. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. I'll I'll let you try and make her cry now, too. No, no. I I already have. Uh, We we did the most hated movies. Uh, Sip list, our uh, top five. Yeah, she wasn't happy. (laughs) No, she wasn't because I remember that episode and she's all like texting me while you guys are recording and she's like you would not believe what Freddie just <laughs> I don't even remember what the movies were that were on the list and oh hell like, um Freddie said this and he has no soul and I'm about <laughs> ready to cry and I'm like oh lord here we go it's the last episode that she posted too she hasn't posted an episode since then it, it's um it was elf uh, E.T. Godfather Trilogy. Uh, 
Oh, Napoleon Dynamite, and there's another one in there too, but I can't remember what yeah, what it was. But there, they were there were three like the first three was actually four, five, and six, and or sorry, uh, three, four, and five, and those were more in there. Th- those are loved by a whole bunch of people, but I'm sitting there like I they're okay movies at best, but they're nowhere near what people say they are type thing. And I feel the same. I feel the same way about like the entire entire Halloween franchise. They're okay movies at best, but like I don't see it. I'm like, all right, that's, that's, do what you need to do. I I've learned a lot in the last almost two years that I in the beginning was very no, you need to respect and love everything. It no no no, you know it is what it is, but in the last few months it's really become a whole. You know I may love something and you don't necessarily love that, and you know what that's okay. You know if oh I think I, I, I think the last one was Citizen Kane. Yeah no fuck Citizen one, Kane. Yeah <laughs> everybody says that fuck Citizen Kane. I've tried to sit through that movie so many times, and I don't think I've ever made it halfway through that movie. But see, that, that's what I tell people, too. They're, they're like, C- Citizen Kane is ranked in the top ten movies on pretty much every single all-time movie list that, that, that you'll that you'll oh, see. God, most, but, of them is, most of them is number one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's, it's in the top ten, at least, on everywhere. Oh, yeah. And that, that includes movies like The Godfather and Gone with the Wind and Jurassic Park and all that stuff and you you get the entire thing where uh you have to uh, respect all these movies and i'm sitting there going my my main point in this go watch citizen kane that is one of the most well-respected movies the most well-ranked movies of all time mm-hmm. and that the movie is not it just does not hold up it doesn't no it was good for its time maybe i wasn't there but it's not it's not anywhere near as what people say it is. No. On a general funding. But no, and there's a lot of movies now that people hold near and dear to their heart that they don't hold, they don't stand the test of time. No. They really don't. Um like the whole idea and I haven't seen like the last two scream movies yet. But like the whole idea of a mysterious person calling you on the phone and wanting to ask you questions about your favorite scary movie. It's like mm-hmm. we have these little devices now called cell phones that most of them have the technology now where even if they're not in your contact list, when you call, it will pop up with your the person's name on your freaking phone. So... It kind of takes the mystery out of who's calling you. That is true. There's burner phones and all that. I'm not going down that rabbit hole because shit, you can talk about that subject for two podcast. But yeah, I mean, but then certain things that you wouldn't necessarily think stand the test of time have found new life. I mean, I honestly, when... I heard about um, 
with YouTube at the time, but YouTube had commissioned doing the Cobra Kai TV series. I was like, I want no part of that because I'm such a fan of the original franchise that there's no way in hell it could match the greatness of those movies. But you know, to a certain extent, and it's not for everybody, but I, for me as a fan, I think it's almost as good as the originals and a lot of stuff that they're bringing up and discussing on that show is relevant back then and it's relevant today as well you've got bullying you've got confidence issues and all of that so but yeah i could go on forever about that and that topic is about movies that stand the test of time and we don't have all day for that so i won't go down that rabbit hole i actually kind of wonder if that's like a a sip list episode there too is like the top five movies that stand the test of time that is just as good then as as, as it is now or just as good now as it was then i'm uh, gonna speak for, i'm gonna speak for amanda and say that um we need to get you on the on an episode of the sip list <laughs> and we will do that subject with and i i and i like, i told her because because i i told her last time i go i kind of feel bad because i i did i did make her cry and I wasn't meaning to, but I, I oddly enough found joy in that. Um, I shouldn't have, but I did. And, uh, I told her, I go, tell you what, you come up with like five, five topic ideas and I will pick one out of those five uh-huh. and then we will do that and then go, go for a whole nother show. Cause I, I have no problem in it. I absolutely love doing doing her show it's a great show um oh it is the, it, it uh, is an amazing show and it's the first show that i was ever actually on and we love to tease each other back and forth about the fact that my first episode of that show was like four and a half hours long because we had that much i mean like like i said earlier it just that's the way we are we start talking and before you know it it's like oh shit i've been here for four hours. <laughs> Here for four hours, and yeah, what the hell? So, yeah. Well, that was uh, who and what inspires you, but what shuts you down, or as in the uh, words of Peter Griffin, what grinds your gears? I can't stand nagging. I get the whole idea of being asked to do something and if I'm doing something, I'll, you know, yeah, I'll get to that in a couple minutes. Let me finish this up. And, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be and my memory is not always what it is. So sometimes you might have to come back and remind me a second time. But if you need to literally like every two minutes can you do this 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 like nope i'm done and you may as well go do it yourself because i ain't doing shit i always tell people just just make me a list like if you want me to do it make make me a list because if not i'm halfway through the through the first project I will not remember anything else else what you told me because I'm I'm going to be focused on what I'm doing. So yeah, make me a list exactly. and I'll 
I'll see what I can do. No, and that's one of those things where I've learned, you know, 20 years ago I could come up with an idea that okay, I need this, that, and the other thing from the grocery store, and then, um, yeah. Nowadays I could oh, I need X, Y, and Z from the store, and I'll get to the store, and it's like I don't even remember what X, Y, and Z. So, yeah, list- like why did I come here? Yeah, this has become a big part of my life, not just podcast-wise, but um, personally as well. All right. So that's what shuts you down. If you weren't podcasting or doing what you do on the daily for a job, what would your dream job be? <coughs> Publish writer, easily. I've got a lot of ideas in my head, and I want to get to a position in my life where I can get all of those ideas out there. And um, I will always dream big and dream of being the next Stephen King. I'm also a realist and know that shit like that does not happen on a daily basis. Um, there are very few people in the world that can classify themselves as being on that level, and but at the same time, I strive every day to find the time to try and hone my craft to where I can possibly potentially become successful enough writing that I can tell. My current job to go take a long walk on the shore here. Um, yeah, no, I would love to be out. Obviously, we're leaving the podcast out of it, but being able to, to support myself as a writer would be my ideal position. But at the same time, I'm also realist enough to know that the beauty of an evening at the movies is there's so much out there cinematically. That an evening mm-hmm. at the movies is not going anywhere anytime fucking soon. I mean, if our listenership went down to you know, squadoosh, yeah, probably. Because I'm not going to record episodes where nobody's listening, but we have enough of a listenership. But I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. So, see, I. I... I was asked that too. Like, if if we didn't didn't have any more listeners, what uh, what would you do? And I'm like, I would still still record because uh, yeah, I put a lot a lot of work into it, but we also have a crap ton of fun with it, and that's the reason that we started. We we just were doing it for fun. We're not doing it to get paid. We're not doing it for any other purpose. We're just doing it to have fun, and that's it's still well, the highlight of my week. So I've had people come up and ask me because. We submit all of our episodes through Anchor, and there is an aspect to submitting Anchor where if you add ads into your episode, you yep. can get compensation for it. Mm-hmm. But and people are like, "Well, you must be getting paid to do your podcast." I'm like, if you understood the fractional price that you for the you know. To get a decent amount of money from one episode, you'd have to freaking literally like, every five minutes add an ad into、yep. your freaking show. 
you're only getting like maybe cents on the dollar for every episode. It is uh it's 10:35 for every 1000 downloads. Yeah, which unless you're a a thousand downloads is a, in my eyes at least a fairly successful podcast. An evening at the movies is not on that level at all. Nope. So, yeah. No, we're not getting rich anytime soon on an evening at the movies. So, if listeners would like to um, up their interest and download, you know, we're all for that. Please, 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 like, subscribe, and download. Or even better, donate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's yeah. that one. But but no, there's ideas that we're kicking around on between Amanda and myself of how to help further develop both shows and we're always willing to do right things and succeed succeed but oh well well we tried and again it's not a failure if you try and you just approach it from a different angle and try again that's true so that would be your dream job what would your nightmare job be what is one thing that you just absolutely do not want to do Either in the future or again. Oh, God. No disrespect to my mother because um, she's about ready to retire from being a middle school custodian. Um, And I've done that job as a substitute for several years. And the amount of shit, literally, I've seen doing that job. No, thank you. I I won't go into details because a lot of stuff that I've seen is completely inappropriate. But listeners can listen and know that the grossest thing that you would think that a teenager could do, I have probably seen in that environment. So, go figure. So, yeah, no, I, in no way, shape, or form would ever like to do that job again. Uh, If heaven does exist, what do you want to say to God, or what do you want God to say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh. You know, it just dawned on me, and I'm off topic a little bit here, I'm, and I'll come back to the question really quick. I appreciate the fact that I get the sense that you, some of these questions have been stolen from inside the actor studio. Yep, I was going to comment. Because I found that show, God, probably 15, 20 years ago, and I, they do the questionnaire at the end, and... It's like, that, those are very insightful questions to get to know what's going on in the back of somebody's mind. And mm-hmm. I've seen some very incredible answers from celebrities that have been asked. What's your favorite swear word? What, like this one. Um, what would you like to have God say to you when you get to the pearly game? Um, welcome. You did a good job. 
your grandpa's over there waiting for you. That that would be the ideal thing for me to hear. Hopefully not anytime soon. No, I've mentioned that on like every single show, but it seems like people don't remember the show, so I've just uh, stopped mentioning it. It's it's a good show. Like I'm I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm I'm disappointed that that um, he died because he was a good person and did that show really really well. And those episodes are are hard yeah, to find now though. So that was was one of the reasons why I. I would love at some point in the, probably not anytime soon, but get to be at least semi-famous enough or well off enough that I could have a certain level of celebrity possibly come on and even get the movies. And um, I actually did have very early in an evening at the movies history have. Um, a celebrity who shall remain nameless that I have con- I had contacted through Instagram and he offered to come on the show and I was really excited and then he's like for a thousand dollars and I'm like um no I'm like I'm not that I don't just have that kind of money laying around I can't do that so ideally um, I would love to get to the point to where occasionally from time to time I could have people as noteworthy as certain level celebrities come on because that would be a dream and we've had certain guests that we've had published writers and whatnot come on the show and I mean no disrespect to them by saying that but you know ideally the ultimate dream would be to have Tom Hanks come on an evening at the movie do I see that ever happening hell no say so we're doing a Tom Hanks bracket um, next Thanksgiving not this upcoming one because we have that entire section book but uh next thanksgiving we're doing a uh tom thanksgiving episode so it's gonna be 32 32 tom hanks movies <laughs> we did a whole month in july where we paid tribute to and every episode was forrest gump the birds dragnet um toy story and fuck, I don't even remember what the other one was, but it, there was like five episodes we did, and it was all Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks. Tom. You know, um, Amanda and I both are huge Tom Hanks fans, and yeah, that would be the dream. And I think to get to be that point, you'd almost have to get to be like Joe Rogan level podcaster, and. I don't know if I have enough drive in me to become that successful of a podcaster. Well, well sometimes with that, though, and, it's what, if, if certain people have a lot of fun on your show and they happen to mention it to somebody else, uh, it's getting those steps done where uh, 
for instance, um, uh, C.A. Knubel was on our show a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Having her talk to somebody, mention them, it's like, hey, you might want to check out the show. They come on on the show. Uh, <coughs> they may may know another comedian that knows another comedian that knows another comedian that may know like uh, uh, Bert, what is it? Bert Kreisinger, who yeah. I would love to have on the show type thing. Uh, I exactly. I sent out I sent out a thing to we, we have a we have a wrestling school. Um, Seth Rollins has a wrestling school up in Davenport here, and I'm trying to get one of the wrestlers, one of the uh, f- hopefully future stars, but just like a simple wrestler who who knows more of the background stuff. We're doing a wrestling episode in January for the Rumble uh, of. Uh, to get their knowledge on the show would be a benefit even start with because we're talking about the women in wrestling. So if I can get a future women's wrestler, whatever brand, doesn't matter, uh, on the yeah. show, and then let's say she really likes the show, so she tells, she starts spreading the episode around, be like uh, uh, an office, yeah, and then somebody of the higher ups starts to hear that. That's mm-hmm. a way into getting, getting the people who you want to notice your show to notice your show. It's you don't go yeah, for the no, big guy. You go for the smaller ones and prove your worth. Well, and that's so, part of the reason why, especially in the beginning, I was very, I stuck to myself and it was me and Amanda and all of that. And these last few months where, um, she had the thing come up and had to have me come in and sub for her on, bracket bastards and then she got me in with dre and masturbators and all of that and it's all about networking and the connections you make amongst your co-workers and your peers and everybody else so i am incredibly grateful to bracket bastards and masturbators and all the other podcasts that i've been on and I look forward to continuing to develop relationships amongst all of our shows. And at the same time, everybody from Masturbators is welcome on an evening at the movies. You're welcome to come on an evening at the movies as well. Um, Chancey was on yesterday for Halloween Ends. Uh, Jeremy's been on before. You know, we are very welcoming, and the more friends we have, better off it is for all of our shows in our opinion zip list bracket bastards masturbators anybody else that comes along the line we want to help everybody show become as successful as it can be so well and see that's the th- that's what i tell people too is like i've I, i've sent people to like harvey show uh yeah. man of the prize i've sent people to to the zip list i've sent people to uh to the mass debaters uh, every time we have multiple people on, on the show like for instance we have we had Amanda and um, G hooked up this part yeah, out. sorry G. I will we we, we had uh, HG and Amanda uh, on the same show and they've they've never had had that entire correlation so after the show I made sure to set up a a message line between them two so they can talk it out and 
when they're done, I'll just go ahead and delete the delete the conversation. So. No, and I, evidently it happened fast because, and I had on my Facebook news feed, you have the people you may know, and mm-hmm. their Facebook page popped up, and it has the in parentheses mutual friends, and Amanda's picture was in that parentheses. So evidently they connected just like that. It works. Uh, some. Sometimes it's not what you know, it's who knows you. So Yeah, no, exactly. And I've felt that way for a long time. And that goes along the lines with, like we were saying a couple minutes ago, where, you know, an evening at the movies is fun and it has its purpose, but it's also multi-purpose in the fact that we want to consider ourselves a tool for other people's success as well. And if we can be a part of helping racket bastards or masturbators or cubed or whatever become more successful, then we are definitely support for that. And we don't expect it, but at the same time, we hope that the same courtesy can be returned in our favor as well. Yeah, and that, again, that's what we try to do. That, see, that, yeah, that's what man. I was saying is that I'm I'm trying to add add your guys's ads into our show because we have we have like a two hour long show and a couple we we have multiple ad spaces. So I'd much rather until until we get ads, which even then we can still add and add the ads in there too. But have your guys's trailers phone into our shows because. Because you might have somebody hear something that might go onto your show, so and might even be a guest on your show. So yeah, it, and it does we're, work. We're definitely excited for the future. A lot of things are coming down the road, and I think big things are coming for Bracket Bastards. I think big things are coming for the Simplest. I think big things are coming for an evening at the movies and masturbators and everybody involved. And it's going to be exciting to see what the next few years hold for all of us. We're all passionate about our shows and we're all willing to help each other out in any way that we can. So again, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So, yep. Uh, if you know the right people, you ready for the, you ready for the last few questions? Yep. Go ahead. All right. Uh, okay. Assuming that you're dead at this point, after the entire um, "if heaven does exist," assuming that you're dead, what do you want written on your tombstone? Or if you're not a fan of tombstones, I know a lot of people aren't. What do you want? What do you want your dying words to be? You, these words would fit on either whether they're my last words or whether they're carved on my tombstone, but. Um, Jesus, what a ride. At least then I'll have I'll have I'll be remembered as somebody who enjoyed every aspect of his life and has no regrets and lived life to the fullest and 
steal a phrase from Martin Lawrence from one of his stand-up comedy specials. Rode this motherfucker till the wheels fell off. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm gonna have you stand on your soapbox for for a little bit. You can talk as long, long or short as you want. But what is something that you would like to say to your fans or the word the world at large? Kind of, sort of along the lines with what I said with the last question. Um, have fun, guys. Ride this motherfucker till the wheels fall off. Um, enjoy life. Don't take anything too fucking seriously. And just have a fucking blast. And enjoy, find something that you're incredibly passionate about. And grab all of that and don't let go because even two years ago three years ago I never would have thought I, in a million years I'd be where I'm at right now and to be an independent podcaster and doing an evening at the movies was nowhere near anything that I thought I'd ever be doing but then to be a part of some of the shows that I've been a part of as well it's been incredibly fun if you're not having fun in life you're doing something fucking wrong so do it and do it and have fun that yeah that would be my message for everybody and the very last question of this entire thing is where can the people find you We are all, well, mainly most of our listens come from Spotify. Um, we are also available on most of your podcast listening um, apps as well. Um, you can find us on Apple. You can find us on Google Podcasts and some of the smaller listening devices as well. Um, but yeah, Spotify is the main one. If, um, you're interested in being involved in the outside the podcast type stuff you can find the show on social media by searching for an evening of movies and as well you can also find me on facebook as well if you can't find the podcast on social media you can hit me up on facebook and obviously Facebook. Um, but yeah, we're available and open to anybody who wants to come in and share their love for movie and different aspects of the cinematic world as well. So that would be that. And as for me, I am your host, Freddie Fisher. You can find me at that on Facebook. While you're on Facebook, check out Bracket Bastards. We have three polls going daily. One just dropped a couple minutes ago. And uh, while you're while you're there, we are uh, also on Twitter at uh, Bastard Bastard. They warned you about Bracket Pod for all of us, and uh, on Instagram at, at Can't Lick Me. Other than that, I will leave you guys with the same line as I have dropped on every single end of every single show. And that is, it is okay to be a bastard. Just don't be a dick.
Exactly. Bye.